ready? So welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Now this episode you're about to hear completely had me on the edge of my seat. I'd pretty much bitten off all my fingernails by the end of this one. So this guy that you're about to meet, I grew up with him. His name's Brett Levingston, aka Water Bubbler. Now for the past 11 years, Water Bubbler has been a professional lifeguard on the Gold Coast, on the East Coast of Australia. He's also a sponsored surfer and a sponsored spear fisherman. So with, with this water lifestyle that he lives, he's definitely got a tale or two to tell. So you guys just sit back and just enjoy. Yeah, we've got the podcast supervisor here. Oh, did you hear that crack through the microphone? Cracking a beer. This is what I love about this. Right, this podcast gives me experiences. Like, it gets me to go and have experiences with people. And you have an engaging conversation, especially as soon as you put these on. It's like you're just there in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're no, going to get used all for me. No, I remember it the other night. It was pretty cool. That was so fucking funny. But I'm looking like at your Instagram, star. dude. And you're just such... I actually like looking at your Instagram. I'm like, <laughs> I know this dude. <laughs> no, because you... Dude, you surf big waves. No, nah, not big. Oh, yeah, I put it on. That's why. You're putting the dishwasher on. I couldn't figure out why I wouldn't open it. It was turned on. Okay. How do you charge such big waves, dude? What's the biggest wave you surfed? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Were you scared? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you're not scared, you're full. But I wouldn't say I surf big waves. I reckon, like. Medium to large. Okay, I'm looking at a photo of you standing up with both your hands spread wide above your head, standing as tall as you can in a barrel. Would you call that big? Because well, to me, I'd be like, I'd be doing that, but I'd be pretty scared at the same time. Yeah, oh. a little bit scared, but at the same time, you got to remember that like what guys are riding nowadays would be... 15 oh, yeah. times yeah. the size of that. Yeah, everyone's making us feel like pussies. Everyone yeah. stop charging so much. Let me catch up. Yeah, I'm actually kind of done surfing big waves. Like as in heavy. Like, I don't know. I think if I'm in that scenario, I reckon I'll be back in it. But like I did three seasons in Porto in Mexico, Max Pipe. Mm. And that's like one of the, what do they call that? Like the heaviest beachy in the world. It comes out of yeah. such deep water. That is like even at four foot, that wave is pretty scary. Man, my board at four foot. I was duck diving a wave and it, picked, it hit me that hard that the board smashed me in my face and the t- my tooth went into the board. No. And I was like so bruised. Anyway, a couple of weeks later, it was about the similar surf and James Malone was with me, a mate of ours. And I had four foot set landed in front of me and I chucked my board and dove. And he fucking wouldn't stop teasing me. It was his first day in Porto and he wouldn't stop teasing me that I chucked my board on a four foot wave. And I'm like, you do not understand. Well, I had the same on a four foot wave, duck dive and... Uh yeah, my board snapped in half in, in my hands. Just duck so diving. Yeah, Didn't you go powerful. on the Porto comp, the surf comp there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only small though. Like it started at maybe like four foot and ended up like really small. Did you surf Porto big? Oh, not massive. Like I'd say maybe 10 to 12 foot. Here comes the aeroplane because we're in Chugan on the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let I it go through. It. Two double. 
Oh, I don't even know my own postcode. <laughs> <laughs> 4220, maybe. No, that's oh, Burley. There it goes. <laughs> no, that's Burley. Oh, 4220. Yeah. So, um, what was the biggest you surfed Porto? Oh, yeah, maybe 10 to 12 foot. Oh, that's scary. I think biggest for me was 8 to 10. And then we surfed Jakar at 10 to 12. And that yeah. was fucking scary. That's just most scared I've ever been. I've got a photo of like this whitewash coming up my head. And it's like, you can just see my head in the foam, like in the, like just in the flat water kind of thing. This set's coming towards me, this close out. And it was like a four story building. <laughs> and it's just like, man, the photo was just insane. I was so scared. But Porto, that's, oh. It's powerful for sure. Were you scared? Yeah. That, that, that joint definitely scared me more than any other beach here I've ever been to. It's one of those things you start off small. Oh, this, it's the only place in the world that I think I've paddled in when I've seen big waves coming, like when the sets are rolling in, that I'm like, I'm not going to get out in time to duck dive them. I'm going to paddle in and just let them break, let that power disperse a bit. It's the only yeah. time I've ever actually turned and paddled in. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you can get away with it there. Like I never wore a leash because nah. it's the same thing. You get held on the inside. You want to just wash up the beach. Yeah. Like the and then the rips are another thing. Like because of the slope of the insane. beach, the the rips funnel out mm. so far. And like I had this one afternoon, I was surfing out there with my mate Jack. He's a bodyboarder. And I was sitting out the back and I was talking to him. Like he was sort of twenty meters away and like to the north. And I looked at him. And there's a guy behind him. I'm like. Wait, Jack, what's that guy doing? Turns around and this, I think it was European or something, this tourist was out the back with us and it was probably eight to ten foot that day and he's pretty much drowning. I go, wait, Jack, get that dude. And I've lifeguarded for 11 years. This is still to this day the best rescue I've ever seen. Oh, Jack paddles over and he gets him, puts him on his bodyboard. Jack's got his fins on. Here's another plane coming over Here comes for a you. plane. This is the Gold Coast experience coming through the podcast. Yep, yep, yep. Let it go. That's uh, the 405 coming in from Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't have a clue. But, um, yeah, so Jack's got him on the bodyboard and basically bear-hugged around his back. And I'm looking over. I'm still down the beach at this stage. And look over and... Um, a set come on just go. Yeah, how no. do you get someone? Let's set the scene for a second here. So, Mexican pipe in Puerto Escondido is one of the heaviest waves in the world. It comes out of such deep water and then just hits this shallow bank. So when it hits, it just it just chucks and it kind of barrels or what Americans call it, they, it tubes. What do Americans call barrels? I wouldn't have a clue. They got names for all sorts of things. Yeah, though. but it just and the power that it comes in when it. If you get caught in that, it'll hold you and it, and it pins you to the sand there. Yeah. And it'll hold you under for minutes. And it's like... I don't know about minutes. You'll probably be dead after oh, that. Yeah, but minutes, okay. It's but a, it feels like minutes. Yeah. You, yeah. It's a violent, violent 10 to 20 seconds. Yeah. Very, very uh, powerful. The biggest hold down I copped there was a two-wave yeah, two hold down. That's the biggest hold down in my life. And I thought I was going to die. And I remember going straight into the beach after and just sitting there and just... Like completely exhausted. Comp- yeah, just trying to get my breath, just going, I don't, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> just like, so anyway, you're rescuing this guy. Yeah, so he's got him, he's bear-hugging him on the bodyboard, and a set's coming, I'm just thinking, no, you're not going to, are you? And he's got him and literally kicked him onto probably a good eight-foot wave, and if you know Porto, it's, it's a heavy it's wave. Like, sucking it's sucking up. It's not just crumbling along or whatever. 
and he's just bus drove him down this wave the whole way through like the well, sandbank and just straight up on the beach. What, two of them on the bodyboard? Yeah. Oh, my God. That would have been such a hard thing to do. He nailed it, though. And then he's paddled back out. And he's like, man, that guy reckons he was just, like, almost walking. He was waist deep. And the surge came, took him off his feet. Next minute, he's out the back with us. Yeah. I got, I got, I got stuck in it one day, again, surfing. Because you surf without your leg rope there. And, yeah, I've lost my board. And that rip, it just... Because so, such powerful waves. The water's got to go somewhere. So a whole heap of sets will come in. And then it just finds a way to just exit out. And yeah. when, if you're there, when everything's, like, just suddenly moving out, it just... It's yeah. scary. Yeah. I, I actually got rescued there. I was like... What, like, the rescuer got rescued? So, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think I'd started lifeguarding at that. No, actually, I, yeah, I'd been lifeguarding for about five years and tripping. But, um, yeah, this one day out there, and it was, like, it was probably the biggest I'd surfed it. It was like, oh, I don't know, 12 foot or so. And I was out there, and the wind got up, and I was like just waiting for a good one because there were good ones, but very few and far between. And just excuse me for a second. Uh. <laughs> yeah, That's that cricketer's session arm coming out. Couple, nice beers, aren't they? Yeah, beautiful afternoon. Cheers, Shanks. Yeah, cheers, dude. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so wait now there and the wind got up and I'm still sitting out there and everyone started to get waves in and then I thought, no, nah, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. It was my own stupidity. The wind really got up and it was basically just closing out at this point and it was the last one left oh i'm the, freaking out thinking about porto closing out and the the lifeguards had their ski and mind you testament to those guys i've never seen someone ride a ski in big waves like they have like i'm not joking they were getting pitted on the jet ski fully like taken off standing on the one side getting pitted and i was I can't even remember. No, actually, this is what happened. I took away thinking, oh, yeah, I've got one here. Like, this is a good one. Just got annihilated shirt ripped over my head. Had to take it off under the water and throw it from me. And I came up and old mates come fagging down pretty much in the barrel and then straightened out, sped towards me. And he's like, get on. I'm like, no, no, I'm sweet. I looked at the next one and it was bigger again. I'm just like you know what, I might take you up on that offer, jumped on the back of the ski and he, yeah, he gave me a lift in. But Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. They know what they're doing, those boys. When, when you're down underwater and those things are dragging you out, dra- dragging you around, it's like, it's like it's ripping you, trying to rip your limbs off you, off your torso. Yep. So they, they knew, were they, they were out there thinking that people were in trouble. No, no, were no. They, they were, just, were they just cruising? It, from what I can understand, the lineup had cleared, so I thought, oh, great time, I'll go get get a few pits on the ski oh so he was literally out there playing he was yeah. literally playing yeah and then so he, he came went, in and like he saw like i wasn't a wearing a leg right? yeah i know i've seen a madman on a jet ski out there pretty cool I i've seen few people get pitted on like we're not talking to like stand-up ski here it's a three-seater yeah like a, uh, yeah what you'd use for a rescue or whatnot and um yeah, he was getting pitted oh, wow. pretty oh cool. my God. what a madman's i always wondered how good they were at lifeguards because they yeah, that culture down on the beach there, you know, they've got the towers and um, they seem quite serious, but I always wondered how they compare to Australian lifeguards or American lifeguards. Well, it's hard to judge us from that one thing. Like, yeah. the, we say here, I don't know about anywhere else, but the best lifeguards, a dry lifeguard, basically implies that if you're doing your job as best you can, you're taking every preventative measure to avoid having to rescue someone, yeah. whether it means running down to the water's edge and whistling and waving someone across or driving the truck down and um, 
yeah, blasting them on the PA or the speaker and trying to direct them that way because most of the time, yeah, people are in trouble. They're not in our flag that we're watching because we yeah. obviously try and put them in the best spot possible. That must be so hard to try and like herd people sometimes or give them the, or get them to follow your advice. You yeah. know, because we're just talking about before before the podcast about people not knowing how to read the ocean and it just looks like water to them. Well, that, that's the thing. Like <clears throat> the mouth of a rip to most people looks like, oh, it's a nice, deep, calm hole, which usually it is. But people that aren't experienced can't really fathom like the way the water's moving. Like, yeah, it's calm on the shore, but that's because it's deep. So it's feeding in from either side. And they can't seem to judge like how far they're getting from the shore, how far to the north or the south or whatnot they're moving along the bank. And it might mean the difference of two metres from being sweet and not so sweet. Yeah. And that's like at the moment on the coast, this summer's been terrible. There's rips everywhere. Everyone's been doing rescues. And yeah, you'd have a few in the flags, but. 90% I'd say of our rescues are either people getting sucked out or not watching their position, getting pushed yeah. out of the flags or just people not wanting to that, swim in the flags. That was the first thing I ever got learnt, oh, I got taught about the ocean was to mark your spot. And it's so weird because that's just ingrained in me. It's just like I just am constantly doing that in the ocean. And I meet so a lot of people when I was a surf guy in Indonesia and I would get um, tourists from all around the world on a surf adventure and you're surfing reefs, riffs, I mean, reefs, sorry, <laughs> surfing riffs. Hey, wait, wait, wait up a minute. You're a surf guy. Whereabouts? In Western Bar at Tropical Surf Resort. Wow. Yeah, I worked there. Yeah, it was oh, pretty good. Nice. Yeah, for about yeah, four or five months. No way. Yeah, wouldn't do it again, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like... No, I hear you there. I've done it a few times. You're just frustrated. And... Everyone's frothing. You're just like... Man, it's a lot of energy you've got to disperse. now because you get up in the morning, take, everyone's frothing because they're on this surf trip in Indonesia. And you're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. So you get up in the morning, 5 a.m., and you take them surfing. And then you get back, and the second crew, you know, that didn't go for the early, they want to go surfing. Yeah, and then you get it, back, and their girlfriends want to go for a hike to the waterfall. So you're like, fuck. So then you're hiking out to the waterfall. And then they want to have beers with you and party with you because they're on this surf trip. And you're like, and you've got to be up at 5 a.m. Yeah. again. So you do, yeah, you do that, and you're like, yeah, cool. And then you shake their hand, and they get on the boat and leave and you're like whoa i'm gonna have a relax and then next thing the next crew frothers rock up yeah, like, let's yeah, have some beers we'll get up early yeah. tomorrow and yeah, yeah it's just like oh god i know that all too well but it was, a, it was a good time but it's just like it really showed it showed me having the diversity in cultures and surf culture like the different people from all around the world how they look at the ocean differently well basically they don't learn like we do and my first thing i ever got told was like mark your spot in the ocean. So like yeah. I always have land points yeah. and I usually have at least one or two to mark where I am. And so like when I'm surfing a bank and I, I see a good one come through, I'll mark where that good one came through. And it's just, I'm not thinking about it. Just, I just do it. Yeah. You know? Well, that's, I've been saying that a lot on the speaker lately, like turn around every 30 seconds or so and check your position. Like if you're surfing and you can read the water, you know where the banks are. You generally know where you are, but you still have your landmark. But for your average punter, they need to check more often and check the landmark straight away because they don't have that knowledge to be yeah. able to, yeah, read the sand bank and know that they're in the middle of the bank or even on the reefs, like the white bit of soft coral that they're sitting on or yeah. the boil or whatever. They can't see that. Yeah. What do you do with um, when you're offshore fishing? Because I always do that in the boat too. You just well, mark the spot. Like We're lucky nowadays because we've got 
GPSs that are pretty good. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys I know do have landmarks. I've got a couple, but unless your GPS is down, why would you? Yeah. Like, but that's where I reckon 30, 40 years ago, all the fishermen then were like the true fishermen, watermen, because yeah. they, they could get on right on the spot just from looking at that hill and then that, I don't know, that yeah, they, they know it. They just sand it. or whatever, yeah. They know it. How's I was surfing in Lennox the other day, and um, next thing I just hear all this whistling, or like a whistle going off, and we go on the beach. There's probably about 30 or 40 people surfing, and there was about 30 people swimming in the water, and the lifeguards come running in. Their shark horn wasn't working, and there was a shark in the lineup, <laughs> and they were all panic, like getting everyone in, but it was like it was so hard because no one really took it seriously at first. Like all the swimmers did, but all the surfers were just looking at each other. And for them, yeah. like, I felt sorry. We went in, but we felt kind of sorry for them. But, yeah, do you have that? Does that ever happen to you? Like, do we have on the Gold Coast? Because you're a lifeguard on the Gold Coast. Do we have many shark sightings or is it pretty um, rare? I've lifeguarded for 11 years now. And in terms of me actually seeing a shark whilst working, not once. What about surfing? Surfing, I've seen a few. On the Gold Coast, I've probably seen, like, two or three in what 25 years of surfing yeah that's probably probably the same with me but down lennox is i see them all the time yeah well like when we see them diving it's obviously we're at a higher what would you call it a higher risk well you're a, in their a, environment a higher risk but you're you're at the spots where they like there's going to be fish which in terms means they're sharks it's going to be sharks generally if you're in a spot where there's no sharks there's going to be no fish this this freaks me out because like i always speared in indonesia and then i started in australia and i started spearing with you and i was always so scared about sharks and i remember i was going to buy a shark shield and you said to me <laughs> you're thinking about it wrong your frame of mind's wrong if you want one of them yeah. and like and a lot of people have said that to me about the shark behavior and about like relaxing and not giving it not showing your fear to it and they will respond differently to you is that like yeah 100 percent. like i believe that every animal like well i can't quote for on the land because i don't hunt but every animal in the water they can sense your like obviously your body language but i feel it it almost plays into more than that not just your body language like they can they know your intentions so for instance like if there's a problem shark and it's hanging around and like by problem shark I'd say that like he's a little bit friskier than just yeah. cruising around like he's a little like, aggro shark yeah well yeah not necessarily aggro like trying to bite your flippers off or anything but like he just might be erratic and unpredictable yeah like you sort of got to be able to see them to know what I'm talking about but like you can see 20 sharks in a tight little radius but they're all cruising, you know. They're just swimming around very slowly. There's no erratic yeah. movements. But that erratic one, say if you've got one of them hanging around and you're scared, he knows and he's more confident. But the moment you, like, and I've done it, switch my mindset that, like, I'm going to go down and film you or I'm going to jab you with my spear gun. Not shoot it, not injure it, but just jab it so it knows that I mean business. Yeah. As soon as that mentality changes... They know and they stay right away from you. Yeah, right. So through experience, you kind of learn the shark's behavior. You learn the ones to stay away from. Yeah, de definitely like species, but more or less it's judging their behavior and yeah. like seeing just how they're moving in the water, Yeah, which can change at any given point. Like you, your gun goes off 
just like most sharks around here on the Gold Coast are so in tune with Spiros that as soon as a gun goes off, they'll come from a kilometre away to go and investigate because they can associate that noise with fish and an easy feed. Yeah, right. So they're, more, they're pretty intelligent in that way. I reckon. They, I reckon. Yeah. yeah, they're intelligent for sure, but it's probably an instinctual thing like Pavlov and his dogs. Yeah. You know that theory where he rings a bell every day and the dogs salivate, they know they're going to get fed. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's happened so much out here that the sharks can associate the so gun. So do you ever have sharks, fed. sharks come and attack you? Like say you've shot a fish. So I've never had this happen to me. I've seen heaps of like black tips and everything um, while spearing. I haven't seen anything really major yet. I'm kind of glad I haven't. But like I haven't had any sharks try and attack my fish that I've shot yet. Have you ever had that? Yeah, a few times. Oh, yeah, quite actually a lot. <laughs> what, so you shot a fish and then sharks will come in and attack. But are, yeah. they, are they at distance to you or does it ever happen when you've got the fish close to you? It depends really. Like the other day me and my mate Jamie were diving at a local reef out here and he shot a kingfish, which I guess it gave him a bit of trouble. Like took him a little bit to pull in, but a shark came off the bottom was straight away like hovering around it like trying to bite it but at the same time didn't bite it it was really weird but he sort of left it dangle for a little bit to keep a bit of distance between the fish and us and all the shark and us but then slowly pulled it up shark feigned interest but then all of a sudden showed interest again that's what i meant about erratic come back up and it was probably i don't know 15 feet away from us then maybe 10 feet and it was trying to have a go at the fish again and then it, I've seen it a few times. It's sort of you get your fish close enough to you, it'll yeah. all that interest is gone. It'll just give up and swim away. Oh, really? So like it, so it thinks, well, he's got it. It's that guy's fish, kind of thing. So he doesn't want to challenge you for it. Yeah, unless they're a lot bigger. Big than dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. But especially too, because there's two of us. Yeah, you know, well, you were front page. Oh, man, oh, yeah, I'm going to pull up this photo. I said before that I was going to pull up this photo. Because <laughs> every time I look at it, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. So you've got a photo here that your front page... This is front page of the Gold Coast Bulletin, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just freaks me out every time. So what it is... Oh, here it is right there. Oh, it's going to be online for everyone to see, but it's a great white shark looking straight at you while you're underwater with a spear gun. And the spear... This is what freaked me out. I first saw this photo and I freaked out because the shark is like a metre from you or in maybe two meters but i looked and i freaked out at that and then i looked at your gun and the rubbers aren't on it's not loaded yeah. and i just completely freaked out and i was like okay you've had you're just here talking about sharks and we're talking what about reef sharks like bull yeah, sharks bull maybe sharks. tiger sharks but not great Jeez. whites and great white that's the whole it's a different ball game isn't it yeah definitely that if like i've seen a few now um not as close as that one though but uh the ones that i have seen they definitely have a different presence in the water and the big dogs here yeah i feel like a lot of the other sharks know it too yeah right big mama's here so what what happened this day like what um run us through this day because this this oh man i've got the shivers even looking at this photo just that's (laughs) what i told i told you before every time i look at this photo it freaks me the fuck out yeah fair enough it like I don't really want to look at it much. Like, yeah. I can remember it from a lot closer than that, but I'll, I'll give you the full story anyway. So me and a few mates, we decided to head up the coast a bit to dive. Well, let's let this uh, 
Gold Coast. Which which one's this one? This is coming oh, from Melbourne, isn't it? Yeah, the four thirty from Melbourne. <laughs> Let it go down, Chuk. We're on the Gold Coast here, so it's just part of, part of it. Just part of life. Yeah, yeah. We're right under the flight plan. Okay, so this great white. So you and your mate. Yeah, so there's me and a couple of mates. It was uh, me, Anthony Circum, Kurt Zietlow, and Jamie McCulley. He's one of my good mates. I always dive with him at home. And we're actually out in his boat. And we decided that we'd go up the coast a bit. So I was just out off Brizzy, off Morton Island. We're, we're up there diving. So the, the east coast of Australia, southeast coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the run out there, you basically jump in the boat, launch it, like inside the bay so i can't even remember which lo- uh, boat ramp we launched from that day but launch and drive across the bay takes about probably half an hour 40 minutes and then you get out to the edge of morton island or bulwar and keep going out probably another 15 kilometers or so we're diving a couple of reefs out there for the day and how deep like when you say you're out off reefs like 15k off morton like or, what, what depth are we in well a couple of the reefs that we hit that morning come up Jeez, like to 10 metres or so. Oh, or, really? Yeah, 30 feet. Well, actually, even less. But the crazy thing was where the shark ran into us, it's a particular reef that sticks out of the ground, and you there is it's a marine park around that reef, but we were diving on the southern side. However, oh, let's say 50 metres outside of the marine park zone, so perfectly legal. Like, yeah, you're allowed to hunt there. Um, but that particular reef comes out of the water. We were diving an edge that sort of varies between 15 to 25 metres. Yeah. Um, so you're doing still some pretty solid diving out there. Yeah, I guess. Like, the water was pretty good that day. Um, well, I can't even remember if we'd had, like, that many fish in the boat at that stage. But anyway, so we put up this particular reef, and there was no current at all. And we very rarely do this, but we're like, oh, let's throw the anchor over. That way everyone can get in. So normally we'll leave someone in the boat just to watch over the other divers as we're drifting because if you're anchoring, you're going to drift away and never be yeah. seen again. But um, this day, no current. We've anchored up and um, basically swam off. Me, stupidly, I've swam off by myself. Um, the other boys were sort of together a little bit closer to the boat. I sort of moved out to a little bit deeper area and... Um, yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd been diving for a while, but we'd been, like, burling, or in America, chumming, which is basically chopping up fish and spreading it through the water to create a bit of hype. So, basically, what happens is... the track li- fish. Yeah, the little fish start eating that, and, like, their jittery little movements, the bigger fish get inquisitive, and, unfortunately, the sharks get inquisitive as well. But we've been burling or chumming in this one spot for probably, like, two hours, and there wasn't much going on, but I remember distinctly that, like, the current started to trickle. It wasn't strong, but as soon as the current started to trickle, we were there basically to target Spanish mackerel, which is, like, pelagic fish that we get around here on the Gold Coast. And, um, yeah, as soon as that current started trickling, the ocean just came alive, and there was mackerel everywhere. We'd, my mate Anthony just shot a really big one, like 30... I think it was over 30 kilos, really Holy big fish. shit. And I, I was swimming back to the boat, got some photos of it for him, back, straight back in the water. And So a school of mackerel had come through. It was probably about 20 fish that had come through, and I just I had a shocker. I shot one. I feel really bad because the fish 
probably would have swam off and died, but shot it and it got off. In, sa- in saying that too, like as bad as that is because you accidentally injure an animal and everything, mm-hmm. and st- it, it doesn't go to waste. It does go back into the, the it goes back into habitat the there. ecosystem. Yeah. But if I had potentially waited longer for a better shot or yeah, just basically hadn't blown it, it didn't have to die. Yeah. You know, I feel bad about that. But anyway, yeah. um, shot it. It's got off. All my lines out. We dive with real guns here in southeast Queensland, or most people do. Um, and all my lines out of the reel. I've pulled my spear back in, put it back in my gun, clicked it in, and was winding in the line. And because we wear wetsuits that have like they go over your head, so you, you, you can't hear on that it. well through them. And I heard all this like bah, 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 like this yelling. I sort of put my head up. I was like what? What? Like what's going on? Because the boys are probably. The boys were 20 metres from the boat and I was probably another 30 metres away from them, away from the boat, so maybe 50 metres total. And um, I heard all this yelling, I put my head up like, what? And all I heard was, there's a white, don't shoot anything. I'm like, fucking you had just shot something. But I'll rewind, tell you the back half of that story before they yelled that out. So my mate Jamie had gone for a dive and... I don't know, he's probably dove down to 15 metres or so. Like when the mackerel comes through, because the pelagic fish basically means they swim in the top top half of the water column of the water. And um, he's dove down and he's sort of looking around. And like when you come up, if there's mackerel around or wahoo or whatever, you generally like when you surf thing, you spin around and just check your surroundings because there might be a mackerel behind you that you haven't yeah. seen. And um, Jamie reckons he's just turned around. And there's this great white just a couple of metres away from him just eyeballing him and he's just, oh, my, get to the surface. And he's finned up to the top yelling or the boys that were on the top, they'd seen it. Like, oh, my God. So that was when Jamie yelled out to me. So I put my head up. What, 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 what? And as soon as he said, there's a white, don't shoot anything, I've hit my GoPro, which is on top of my head, and put my head in the water and that was the image that you talked about before so this is i'm going to put this on the website and put it online and you're going to freak but that's yeah so put my head in the water and there's this shark i've got the shivers every time i got the shivers (laughs) i I just got them too um yeah basically put my head in the water and that was the first thing i saw and this is where i regret it so bad but i got so excited that i hit the gopro twice and stopped recording and yeah, so that's the image. It was like a one-second video. Unfortunately, I didn't film the rest, but I'll walk you through it. So I put my head down, and he's coming directly at me. Like, I could just tell by the direction of his nose that he was coming straight from my torso. And this is all really slow. Like, he's it's not aggressive. He's not coming at me fast. He's just cruising, barely wagging his tail and cruising up towards me and... Oh, my eyes, I don't know, they must have been like dinner plates. They would have been that big, just staring at this thing. And my heart started pumping and I'm freaking out. Like, I don't know who would try and tell yeah, you they yeah. weren't scared in that situation. I was screaming like a little girl. <laughs> no, I was doing that too. Like At first I sort of looked at it and tried to figure out what was going on and then I started screaming. I was like, the snorkel. <laughs> probably sounded what, like trying to scare it or just that was your reaction no that was my reaction i was shitting myself i'm not <laughs> gonna lie and um yeah it's just like really gracefully and like almost in slow motion just cruising up towards me i'm like oh god oh god oh god oh. 
And my gun unloaded, of course. I pulled the gun up slowly to point at it. Like, that's what you do with sharks in the water. You just point your gun because you can create distance with that. And it just cruised in, cruised in. And I could just tell it was just looking, for some reason, it was looking at my torso. Not at my head or my feet or fins or whatever. It was looking at my torso. And it's cruised up really slowly. And at this stage, it's a metre away from me. And... I put my gun out to poke it and it's rolled its eyes back and opened its mouth, turned on its side and tried to have a bite. But at the same time as it's done that, I've put the gun basically on its snout and that was the craziest thing, like getting that close to it. Like I could see all the receptors on its nose, like the hundreds of little holes that I guess it picks up electrical currents or whatever they do with those things. And yeah. That's how close it was to, like, at this stage, it's a half a metre off me and pushed my gun into its head. And, like, this was the crazy thing. This is the thing that spooked me. Most sharks that you jab with your gun, like, obviously doesn't hurt them. It's just a little poke. Like, here yeah. I am, my main business. I poke this thing so hard. Like, if I did it to you, to go straight through your body because the spear's quite sharp. Poked it, and as I sort of poked it, I pushed it and pushed myself back. But when I did that, my fins like kicked it in the in its pectoral fins and kicked it in the head, and basically pushed myself away from it. And it sort of just rolled its eyes back again, and then just like it was almost like it looked at me, and then just veered off down at a slight angle. Like this is all very so slow. Not, not bothered by it didn't flinch that's what spooked me it didn't it didn't buzz because normally you hit a shark with your spear just it it shoots straight off it's gone and i hit it so hard too and like didn't hurt at all didn't puncture the skin felt like hitting a brick wall with my spear gun and um yeah so what were you feeling like what you you realize this shark it it means it's come for a bite it's it's obviously come to check you out if it if it was going for a full attack it would yeah, so this is... I'll tell the rest of the story and then tell you what I thought about it afterwards. So from there, I pushed it and it sort of veered down all sl- like nice and slow and then started heading down, back down to the bottom. I'm in about 25 metres of water and it's it's gone down and I watched it go down and I'm thinking, this is where I'm fucked. Because I have to I, crack a beer for there you. There you just, go. Just, yeah, I'm on Angela. You feel like you need a beer. Continue. I'm just running out, so... Do you want to split it? No, nah, I've still got beer. I'm, I'm, right. You got me that on edge. I'm hardly drinking it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so it's cruised down, and I've, I saw it. Like The visibility was pretty good this day, thank God, because that would have been 40 times spooky if the water was dirty. Oh, and here's the uh, 445, possibly from Cairns, Ooh. coming through. Ooh, holiday makers has gone their way back down. Yeah, yeah. Been up the Barrier Reef for a dive. Yeah, I don't think you'll see too many whites up there, but who knows, they're pushing pretty far north nowadays. Um, where was that? I can't even remember. No, so the sharks dove down. Yeah, so... So you've pushed it away, and it's hardly... Bo- it wasn't even bothered by it, and it's dove down. Yeah, and that's like the visibility is really good and it's it's gone down and I couldn't see it for a little bit and I'm like, just keep your eyes on it, keep your eyes on it. And I was pointing the gun down to where I thought it might be. 
because Otis knew that's how they attack. That, yeah, they breach, so they come up fast. Yeah, they're <laughs> going to come off the bottom as deep as they can to get as much speed as they can and race off the bottom and literally just it's snap just... me in half. And I, I, I lost him. I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Where is he? Where's he going? Then I saw him, like, he came a little bit, cl- like, not closer, but just, like, more into the sun. And um, I saw him down there circling, and I just went, holy fuck, I'm, I'm a goner. This is it. So, when, now, when th- this is a, like, like, I can't speak highly enough for my mate Jamie, and this is, like, I'll never, ever forget this, and this is what people should do for their mates. We're not allowed to carry them, but we have power heads on the boat, and it's only for an emergency. If someone's going to die, hell yeah, I'm going to kill a shark. What's, it, what's a power head? Power head's like a little metal tube that basically has got a bullet in it, and you slip it on the end of the gun, and if you shoot it at something, when it hits it, it forces back and the bullet goes off. So it's going to do a bit of damage. But while i've been screaming like a little girl on the surface while this is all happening i think i'm screaming, screaming the whole bloody time just, ah. if, it, if it great white's circling under you that's the behavior that it's getting ready to breach isn't it yeah that's that when sp- i that's when i was freaking so like, you're I was screaming the whole time mind you but that's when i was freaking but so he's since that. since great white's come at jamie he's had time to swim back to the boat grab a power head put it on the end of his gun and he's swimming towards me as fast as he can do you know that he's on his way? You haven't seen no, him? No, I haven't seen him at all. And I'm just like, I didn't want to take my eyes off the shark. So I'm sort of on my back, but with my head still in the water, kicking backwards, trying to keep an eye on the shark, but move closer towards the boat at the same time. And just kept doing that, kept doing that, kept doing that. And then I couldn't see it anymore. And I thought, you know, I'll just go for it. Roll back onto my t- stomach and started just finning as hard as I could. And that's where... Probably 10 metres closer to the boat, now 40 metres away, Jamie's met me there. And I thought, thank God, like I saw it on the end of his gun. Legally, we're not meant to have him, but oh, I don't give a shit. Like, if it means me slipping one of those on to save one of my friend's life, I'll kill 20 sharks. Most people would kill another human to save their own friend or, them, yeah. or themselves. And, um, yeah, met up with him, and then the other boys a little bit well, behind thing is, him. You've never had to use them. It's just I've it's never there. Used one, it's no. there yeah. for that safety measure when because you know you have the people there that you know go yeah, but you're in their environment. But it's like oh, yeah, you're, you're in the environment all the time, and we're like in our environment here, and sometimes shit fucks out in our own environment. And you need well, that safety put, measure put, sometimes. Put it this and way: it's like, like you're in the shark's environment most of the time, the sharks are okay. Just that one time that it isn't, you still want to make sure that you protect yeah. yourself. Like in your home environment, someone jumps over your balcony, tries to break into your house, and they've got a weapon. You're going to grab something from your own house to protect yourself, and if shit hit the fan, I'd happily kill someone else to save me and my girlfriend's life. Yeah, well, it's a, the thing is that instincts just kick in, you know? My girlfriend's sitting over there to say, no, nah, I wouldn't put that in. But <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit... Yeah. <laughs> Rosie wouldn't. No, but it's just Rosie would just keel like, over and die. She reckons. <laughs> okay, okay. So he's he's swum at you, and he's got this. He's got the the. He's got the power head. The power head on the. At end. that point, I relaxed a little bit, but we're still a fair way from the boat, and we all just sort of huddled together. We're like, holy shit, that was fucking crazy! <laughs> screaming, and then like. Slowly swam back to the boat, and we sort of got to a certain point that we're like, all right, it's it's not coming back. 
We were stupidly just still hung in the water. Like, that was nuts. Like, screaming and like, what do we do now? And like, we're like still in the water going like, should we keep diving or move somewhere else? I don't know. And then we we finally decided, well, first things first, let's get out of the water. So we went back to the boat and sat there and like, it it was a pretty cool like moment on the boat. We were just screaming and ecstatic that like, A for one, I've always wanted to see one. Not maybe that close but um well you survived that experience yeah like i'm sure there's crew that have had crazier encounters and whatnot but for me it was very special moment i'll never forget there's people that have had crazy yeah well people have been bitten but like obviously people have been a lot of people have been attacked by great whites but you nearly got attacked but you were so visually watching it you know what I mean? That doesn't always happen well, when you have you such a... that's if you surfing. Like, my, what do I say to everyone that listens to that story and goes, oh, that was crazy, like, rah, whatever. <sighs> they don't have hands. They can't... And they can't communicate with us. So how they figure out what we are is come up and have a little bite. That's, yeah. that's them testing the waters. That's, like, us picking something up to see what it's about. Yeah. It's just unfortunate for us that we're so soft and that little bite can take a leg off yeah so that's like i don't think like it wasn't aggressive it was an inquisitive like thing that it came up and had tried to have a bite but like it was funny when it all went on instagram and then everyone shared it and all these newspapers and all this shit but like i got so many comments of just personally i think ignorant people going how dare you how dare you hunt a shark or how dare you hurt a shark and that brings me back to like man if i had to i would kill a shark to save my life or someone else's and like it's yeah you're you're talking you're talking with such such respect respect for sharks and that, that, that was the best thing in the experience like i'd seen a couple before that like at a distance but to see it from half a meter away looking face to face with it that was a trippy thing they are so beautiful like you see them in all the documentaries and all that and like david attenborough is like super slow-mo high def uh blue and planet like, 2 watch it oh, oh god it's good amazing eh? and to see it in real life it lived up to every expectation that i had it was perfect like yeah. it was just like a perfect creature you know like there was not a like I'm sure there was like little scars and blemishes on it, but in terms of like what I'd envisaged, it was yeah. amazing. And it was a great experience and glad I Yeah, still is. Holy fuck. I'm glad you had the experience. Uh, <laughs> one of my mates actually seen one on the weekend off the Gold Coast. Really? Out, yeah. Out off Tweed. Really? Close encounter, I just saw one in, in the distance. I reckon it's a few meters away, so to me that sounds pretty close. Circling? Like, no, I was just cruising past him, he said. Holy fuck. <laughs> I just... It's scary. Like, I don't know if we're just more in tune with it now and there's more people with GoPros and social media and, like, news spreads further. I don't know if there's more encounters now than there used to be 30 years ago. Like, there's different arguments that there's more people in the water. Yeah. But I also reckon, though, that, like, there's more channels to sort of preach a story and everyone hears about it quicker yeah so yeah friends of mine they were fishing off a kayak at the back of lennox and they caught a fish i think i think they got a mackerel as well they got a mackerel and this great white came and attacked the mackerel no and then um it 
bitter, took the whole mackerel. They ended up with the head of the mackerel, and then the great white came straight at the kayak no. and barged the kayak and knocked him off. My mate what? fell off and landed on the oh back of the fucking God. great white, and then what? it just, yeah, they're panicking trying Holy to get out of the water. Shit. Oh, man. Actually, I'd, I see, I'd prefer what I had to that. Yeah. Because, like, I could see what was going on. That would, that sounds yeah. five times scarier. Than five times, just a fin in the water. Oh, oh. my God. Oh, God. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, that was it. That was ex- that was so fucking perfect. You got me on edge again, <laughs> man. I'm I'm so well, excited. Actually, I just I left something out though. It was pretty cool to see because like the ocean came alive and all that, and just before the white came through, during that whole thing, there was I think it was like two or three bull sharks and about two or three whaler sharks like buzzing around at the same time. Like we were like they weren't. Like, aggressive they weren't aggressive so we were just diving in between them yeah but they were there the whole time the white came through and we didn't pay much attention we were only looking at that but on the way back to the boat I didn't see another shark yeah right yeah so the white just like okay I'm here now I'm here now bitches oh, yeah. the little sharks fuck off <laughs> yeah big mama's in the house yeah big mama's in the house holy shit dude man I'd this is the thing I told you when I when I was before we did this podcast. I was like, "It was such an intense story." It's just like, oh, it's yeah. good to actually hear it properly. Well, yeah, it's pretty crazy to live it. I reckon it sort of messed me up for diving in dirty water. Like, I don't know, just having that yeah, vision from a half a meter away, and then when you know you're diving, could be and, there. Yeah, I know it could be there. Like everyone does, but just to have like a picture in your mind of it and then go out and dive in green like five meter visibility yeah. how deep is the fad off tweed the fish attracting device what what depth i think it's is like that? 60 it's not far enough out in my opinion yeah but when we dove off that um for me i just remember in that deep water and we're, we're chasing the mahi mahi and I just remember looking down and because you can't see the bottom and it just goes to darkness. And I remember just kind of like being on edge thinking that something can just come out of that <laughs> darkness at you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Because like, you've got like 20 metres of viz or 30 metres of viz and then it just goes dark. Yeah. You know? Well, that's like, yeah, you're getting shitty viz. That's that same feeling but from X, Y and Z. Yeah. Not just, yeah, yeah, shit. Fuck, dude. All right. I'm going to call it. I reckon that was just, that was exactly what I wanted. That was fucking amazing. That was fucking amazing. Thanks for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Let's do this again, Bart, because I know you got heaps of stories. I know you got fucking heaps of stories. You're a lifeguard, dude. (laughs) 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 You've been saving people. Uh, Thanks for coming on, brother. No worries. Thanks for having me. I do it like a double.